This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scardino, your host, and we are the Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this is, we are beginning our 12th year. And what better way to do it than to invite the, the guest who was our first guest on the show in year one. And that's Sandy Darling of Guarantee Real Estate, the uh, branch manager there. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Don. Glad to be here. Okay. I know that 12 years ago, your thinking was the same as mine. It's like, okay, this will be a pretty good gig for a year, hopefully two. Here we are 12, 12 years. years later. <laughs> Still going strong, I'm happy to say. Yeah. And to think back, 12 years ago, I never even listened to talk radio. I didn't know what I was doing. I know you're thinking, well, you still don't, but it's okay. (laughs) It's working out. It's working out. (laughs) All right. And um, I got advice from somebody here at the station that one reason it's working out is because you're different. The whole show is different. It's not you're not copying anybody else or anything else. You just get out there and do it. Well, and I think it's very nice for our listeners because um, we really do bring uh, right from the field current real estate information that's helpful to the public. Yeah. And that's the thing. Because really this is not an advertisement. No. I mean, sure, we're advertising the brand of the realtor, but – what is the realtor? It's 500 different brokers here in Fresno County. Right. So we're not advertising for any one person or any one company. It's for the 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 service industry. That exactly. Went. And that tends to benefit the consumer. By, I believe it does. Yeah. Um. All right. So a year ago. I was hearing all kinds of talk out there that, oh, 2019 is the beginning of the recession. Prices are going to crash. What um, What did you see? And first of all, before I ask you that, I should let all the listeners know your opinion does matter because you are very, very involved in local real estate In fact, you are the local representative for the Fresno Association of Realtors at the National Association of Realtors. So you get to go to the national meetings, uh, the director meetings, and actually vote on policy. And you get to hear the best speakers in the nation. Um, And so if anybody will be able to answer this question, I know Sandy Darling will be able to answer that. <laughs> well, you may give me too much credit, Don, but I, I really do have some very strong opinions about that. And, of course, I've had an opportunity to listen to the chief economist of the California Association of Realtors and the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors. So we can look at the full gamut uh, along with, of course, the most important, our local real estate market. And our local real estate market, along with the rest of the markets, remains very healthy. And this gloom and doom um, to uh, excite people or to make news is just um, a fiction. 
because our market is strong and it's stable. Uh, we're not having any wild swings in value. Uh, we're having very solid interest rates. Yes, we do have a bit of an affordability problem um, because of prices have increased since the recession. Um, but there are things we can do to help that, and certainly the low interest rates are, are helping that. And, and Fresno and our surrounding area is one of the most affordable places to live in the entire state. We're very blessed for that. Then um, I want to say, too, that um, there's been a lot of talk about a shortage of inventory, and yes, we have less inventory to work with. But uh, at the same time, um, we have plenty of people who are willing to buy and sell. So our market continues to be very solid. And one thing that I realized back in 2008 when I thought we were falling off the edge of the cliff is there's always people that need to sell. There's always people that need and want to buy. That's right. And we're here to serve those folks. And I think also we're here to help people who think they can't afford to buy a home to discover or realize or find a way to be able to get onto that first rung of that ladder of home ownership. And that's something I think the realtors in our community are very dedicated to help with. So you just, that first rung uh, rang a bell in me. And that is, I had a cousin who was visiting from Italy and he said, Don, how, how do people buy the million dollar home? What, what's their, uh, their mortgage payment? And I said, mortgage payment is probably about the same as that $200,000 home. And he says, how is that? So, well, because they started on that first rung, they bought that $200,000 home, built a little equity, uh, sold it, moved, moved up to a $400,000 home, built more equity, moved the equity over to the next one and the next one. And that's how they got to the million dollar home and probably still have a, a small mortgage on it. Yes, it's true. And I think that that's the the story of our, our real estate careers, both of us over 30, 40 years in this business is working with those same folks as they have moved along on those rungs of the ladder. And it's a, a joy to see. That's true. It, and that's why I tell all these new agents that are getting in the business, this is a really, really hard job. But it's a fantastic career because to to help people on multiple homes and move up that ladder and, and having built the relationship maybe 10 years earlier, what what a great way to make a living. Absolutely. And it reminds me of um, this um, family that used to own Dominic's Liquor Store over uh, on Palm, or not Palm, but Blackstone and Bullard. And at the time, that was the only place to buy milk when my family moved out there in the early 60s. Um, I mean, unless you went to the store, you know, quite a ways away. So we would go in there a lot, and and the owner's wife was so friendly. And I asked her one time, I said, don't. I was just a little kid, and she, I said, Mrs. Thomas, how, how come you enjoy working here so much? You're always so happy. And she told me, what better thing can you do in life than to get to see all the people that you love and they come into the store and, and visit with you 
And, and man, what a great attitude. And that's what we get to enjoy as realtors. Yes, it's you n- true. You never thought I would be uh, comparing the liquor store industry to uh, real estate, huh? No, that's a new that's a new <laughs> twist for you, Don. <laughs> that's why I said this show is different. <laughs> okay, so 2019, um, did prices go down from what you could see? Oh, no, prices increased. Uh, and, and you know what? You, you can talk about a percentage, but the thing is, the increases took place in uh, different price ranges in different ways and in different areas of town in different ways. So to apply one statistic to all of that isn't really meaningful. So explain that. How, how did it do it in different ways well, in different areas? Well, let's just say that the increase in value um, in the entry-level market, which would be up to, let's say, 250 275 um, increased more and faster than the high-end market over 750000 That market's increase in value was much slower in that higher end than it was at the entry level. And the mid-range um, market also increased pretty substantially, but not to the extent that the entry-level market expanded or increased in value. Okay, so when you see news reports that uh, home prices did this or did that, they went up 5%, it, it, that doesn't mean every home went up 5 That's exactly my point. Okay. and, and that, uh, Oh, I was going to say, and that's why a realtor has some va- really valuable input for a member of the public to understand the difference in how properties in certain neighborhoods or certain price ranges increase differently. It's one of the values we bring to the table as far as I'm concerned. Excellent point. So the value to the client in the realtor's input is maybe deciphering all the statistics. Exactly. There, there was an article um, recently written about the different zip codes in Fresno, the Fresno metropolitan area, and it said that um, there was one that um, it was in the Easton area, uh, 93706, was one of the, it had the highest percentage of increase in value in the last 10 years. Um, so one might think, wow, that's a hot market. But really, its statistics can be twisted a lot of different ways. And, and I think really the answer, the, the rest of the story behind that is that that's an area that really fell 10 years ago. That's true. And maybe they're just getting back up to normal. But percentage-wise, going from $100,000 to $200,000 percentage-wise sounds greater, whereas going from maybe another area went from 250000 to 350000 the percentage number is not as high. That's correct. And the other thing is it's also a matter of the law of supply and demand. Oh, good if point. There are fewer properties to for people to buy. The push is there to bring it up. All right. And that's an area where there's really not a lot of homes for sale. That's exactly right. Ah, okay. So that's like Paul Harvey said. That's the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what you that's the value that you get from the realtor input 
is the rest of the story. And that's the most important part of the story for understanding what is the best move for the client. So very recently, there was another news report that said the California real estate market is officially dead. Or not, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Um, officially slow. They went on to make it sound like it was dead, but it, the headline was officially slow. Um, was that a news report that should have lasted three days? No, not at all. And um, I, again, I think it was just an, uh, an attempt to make news. Certainly, we have cycles in our in our marketplace in terms of seasonal adjustments. In other words, when we get into the holidays, the market is less active, of course, because People are not moving as actively during the holidays. A lot of sellers don't want to have their homes on the market during the Christmas period or the Hanukkah period. And so they don't bring their home on the market until after the holidays. So our spring market is more active than our winter market. And our summer market is more active than our spring market. So if you take a little tiny piece of it and, and make, try to make news out of that, it again is an inaccurate picture of what the market is really doing. Very good point. And with that, we are going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us today, we have Realtor Extraordinaire, and I can say that. And you also have another title that I understand, Realtor Emeritus. Um, then you'll have to explain to us what all that means. But Sandy Darling, who is a uh, manager for Guarantee Real Estate here in Fresno, uh, is also the d- local director for the National Association of Realtors. So you bring the needs that the uh, FAR members have, you bring those to the national meetings and um, and seek advice, seek, um, well, and you vote on our behalf. So like the commercial says, I think you know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> so... What what does the National Association of Realtor Realtors do and why what what is it and why does it matter to a, a buyer or a seller here in the Central Valley? Well the National Association of Realtors, first of all, just a little history, it was founded in nineteen oh eight with a hundred and twenty members. And today the National Association of Realtors has 1,394,000 members across the country. That's a good growth history. That's a (laughs) wonderful growth history. So the National Association of Realtors is the Realtor brand. They are the ones that, that developed the name Realtor. And what it really stands for is the National Association established a code of ethics, which is over 100 years old now. And the code of ethics is the way in which we do business in an honorable way. And in order to be able to call yourself a realtor, you have to take a course on the ethics of of the National Association and abide by those ethics. 
And that's one of the key um, points about the National Association. The other thing is the National Association sets up the rules, the model rules, for cooperation between agents in our marketplaces across the country. And so uh, model rules and changes to this, the code of ethics are the two, probably the two key factors, along with lobbying at the federal level for homeowners' interests and private property rights. Those are probably the three key, most important um, activities, let's say, of the National Association. Okay. So interesting you use the word cooperation. What? Um, and as you use that word cooperation, it hit me that here you are in the studio wearing your company shirt. It says Guarantee Real Estate on it. I Mine says Realty Concepts on it. We're two competitors, but we're cooperating today on this show and uh, many times in a transaction. So how is that cooperation good for the client? Well, I think it's the key to everything in our business. Um, Yes, we are competitors, but we're both working, uh, any of us are working together as best we can for the benefit of the buyer and seller of a home. And um, we're shepherding the process through, and we have to be able to cooperate and work with each other in order to make that happen in a fair and honest way for the clients involved, the buyer and the seller. So even though we're competitors, we're uh, cooperative competitors. And the reason that's so valuable is our multiple listing service. That's the key to everything here in our doing business cooperatively, is that the multiple listing service is where we promote all of the properties that we're, we're representing and sharing that, that information with competitors in order to aid the sellers in getting the best price for their home. And one of the best things I've heard over the years is two cooperating companies or, or brokers try to find the common ground for each of their clients the buyer's agent and the seller's agent, try to find that common ground where maybe one side needs a little more money, but the other side needs a little more time. Well, there's some common, if the buyer is able to, or excuse me, the seller is able to give the buyer a little more time, that's some common ground they, they found. And maybe they could trade that off for the little more money that the seller needs. So, that's where working together in the spirit of cooperation really pays off for the client. Right. Well, the whole key is uh, our attitude toward working together. We should be advocates for our clients without being adversarial with the other side of the transaction. And if we can maintain that approach to things, it's to the great benefit of both the buyer and seller and the continuation of this spirit of cooperation that we have. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I have to say the very first, you were the very first guest on Welcome Home Radio 12 years ago, but there was another guest too, John Miller, uh, also of Guarantee, and he used to be one of my bosses many years ago, and he taught me that thing about you've got to find common ground. That's how you put transactions together and you make your buyers and your sellers happy um, 
you know, somebody can't lose on everything. That's right. And, you know, we wear a lot of hats as realtors, but one of them is our ability to negotiate in behalf of our clients. And that's where the give and take and the finding of common ground takes place. Mm-hmm. That's a good good way to put it. And oftentimes you hear that, oh, yeah, the realtor just wants out for the commission. What's your take on that one? I Well, first of all, I think that we um, earn our commission uh, time and time again for all of the various services we provide to the client. Um, but I really – I think that most uh, – certainly most realtors – are mostly interested in getting the client um, into into a transaction that they're satisfied with and bringing it to a successful close and thinking about the best interest of the client first. Because if you're going to have a career in real estate, you have to look at it that way. If you do the right thing for the client, the money will follow. If you're chasing a dollar, the client's going to sense it. They're not going to have the confidence they should have in you. And frankly, you shouldn't be in this business. So we have to really constantly remind ourselves and our fellow agents of that. Maybe that's a reason why this is a fantastic career but a hard job is because you really have to take good care of your client and the money will follow. Whereas in other industries, maybe you you can work for the money and the job will follow um so you really do ha- when you're on a commission only basis there's no guarantee of income if you're working for the almighty dollar it's going to be apparent and i think clients might shy away from you 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 got it you're going to be attract clients are going to be attracted to somebody who has their interests at heart Exactly. All right. So um, another thing you said that the National Association of Realtors does is this advocacy thing. So what are some examples of what's happened in the past few years where the realtors stood up for the consumer? Well, one of the most important ones, of course, is the, the mortgage interest deduction. One of the values of owning a home is to be able to write off the interest um, on, on the mortgage uh, against your taxable income. And uh, there have been constant efforts to maybe eliminate that. And the realtors have stood very strong with our lobbyists uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, and our, our local – well, I'll get to that in a second – but to maintain that for the homeowner – because it's part of the real value of home ownership. What I started to say about local is that locally, our association, we have representatives in our association that are called either key contacts if we're working with the state legislature. Um, each one of us has a, a legislator that we are, have direct contact with to discuss real estate issues and homeowners' rights. And then at the national level, we have federal political coordinators. And locally, we have three of those that are connected to our Area 3 um, congressmen. Okay. so And it's not just tax benefits that we fight for, but also property rights. Absolutely. Um, eminent, we're, we're very careful about 
uh, eminent domain and how it can affect a property owner. Um, we also, um, well, we just work on a, on a variety of, of things that affect private property rights. All right. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Sandy Darling, our National Association of Realtors Director from the Fresno Association of Realtors, is here. And you recently attended, in November, some national meetings in San Francisco, and there was a big policy change that came out of that, uh, and it was called Clear Cooperation. Tell us about that, why why it was necessary to be brought up and debated, and they actually took a, a vote from all, you know, representatives all over the country, and, and tell us about the policy that came out of it. I'd be happy to. Um, there's been a lot of issue taken lately about uh, realtors doing pocket listings, coming soon, all of these things that are holding properties close to the vest and not getting them out there to expose to the general buying public. And um, when we were talking this last segment about uh, if it's about the money, I, I there's been a lot of concern that some realtors are doing this so they can sell their own listing and not have to share the commission cooperatively. So this new, uh, this new rule about clear cooperation is to stem the tide of that kind of activity in, in the best interest of the buying and selling public. And the rule is now that if you list a property, the minute you are going to advertise it in any way to any member of the public, it has to go into the multiple listing service within one day. And this is a real benefit to the seller because the seller has the best chance of getting the best possible price and terms by having the property exposed to the most potential buyers in the marketplace. All right. So why is it that a, let's go down to the basics, a seller who wants to sell their property, um, why can't they just stick a sign out there and, and, and still get maximum exposure and the best offer? Um, I don't know how sticking a sign out there and what maximum maximum exposure just from the few people that might happen to drive by the neighborhood rather than a realtor who's searching through the MLS and is finding a property maybe in a tucked away neighborhood to be able to show a client because it's kind of it's it, the description is uh, apparently what the buyer might be looking for <clears throat> there's a much higher chance that that seller is going to get a better offer or maybe even multiple offers in many cases the seller has multiple offers to choose from when they've exposed their property to the general market. And that's to the seller's benefit very greatly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, just locally, we have 4,000 members of the Fresno multiple listing service. So in each of those 4,000 people have contacts with a buyer or two or a handful of buyers. So really what you're saying is 
by putting by putting the home in the multiple listing service, there's going to be access and information and the authorization to show the property all handled through the system. Right, and that is that is the key to what the National Association named as clear cooperation to encourage this because it's, again, in the best interest of the public. And it's part of the code of ethics to act in the best interest of the public. And maybe a good way to understand clear cooperation is to let me describe what unclear cooperation is. Uh, or, or, no, better put, clear non-cooperation. <laughs> and that would be an agent takes a listing and says, well, you know what, let me try to sell it myself for the first month. And if I can't do it myself, then I'll utilize the multiple listing service. Then I'll let other people know about it. So I market it within my own sphere, uh, you know, maybe on my Facebook page, I, uh, Instagram. I, I uh, uh, put a, a sign out there saying coming soon. Or another term for coming soon is pocket listing because it's in my pocket, not in the others. Um, And do open houses, uh, do whatever I can to try to find the buyer myself so that I can get both sides of the commission. That kind of makes me a nefarious agent, huh? Well, I think so. I mean... It's it's occasionally nice. Of course, you, that's just you. When you say you think I am a nefarious <laughs> agent, I know I know you think only if I were to do that. Only if you were to do that. Thank you, Sandy. And, <laughs> and again, you're only one person out of four thousand. So, what are the odds that you're going to be able to? But bring, I'm good. You might be good, <laughs> but so are many of the other realtors in our in our marketplace. Thank and you. So, what what's to say that somebody else won't bring bring a more qualified buyer or a buyer willing to pay a little bit more because it's the perfect home for them? Um, and these are things that the seller should be concerned with. Uh, with any of this pocket listing or coming soon or any of the business that's actually holding their property off the market when, in fact, they're ready to try to sell the property. Sitting on the, mar- on, the prop- on the market for a month without any real definite good activity is not helpful to that seller. And I would like to say this to the agents who would encourage that, that and this is where this new policy from the National Association of Realtors is going to nip that in the bud. But you can't when you work in a cooperative atmosphere, you can't be a user and not a giver. And so if you use the multiple listing service only when you want to or when it's good for you because you couldn't sell it yourself after 30 days, then you're you're using the system you're not being a part of the system. I agree. And and fortunately for our community, we only have a few um, folks, few realtors who take that approach. Most realtors in our community really do want to um, work cooperatively and get the sale accomplished for the client. So I think we're blessed with that. 
But there are uh, there are always exceptions to that, and and that is why the National Association of Realtors changed the model rules. So what happens next is the California Association of Realtors, who will meet in the first week of February, will need to adopt the model rules from the National Association. Now, once the state association adopts those model rules, then our local association will almost certainly adopt those rules. But that's the process to get it into place. And the 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 way the motion was passed at the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors was that it has to be in place by May 1st of 2020. So it's soon coming um, as a requirement of all realtors. Mm-hmm. And to give you a good example, I've been wanting to say this for a couple of years, uh, what I just said about coming soons and pocket listings not being good for the consumer. I've kind of had to bite my lip because somebody might say, well, that's our business practice. Um, All right. Well, now, not if you're in the multiple listings, not if you're a participant, it's no longer going to be that. So. Now I was able to say it, that this is not good for the consumer. That's right. And I'm glad you were able to say it. I'm glad the National Association of Realtors stepped up to the plate and made this part of the rules for the benefit, again, of the consumer. One time in my entire career, and we all know that's been a long time since I did sell a blink in a log cabin. Uh, <laughs> but one time I had a seller give me a valid reason why he did not want the property in the uh, multiple listing service. And I said, are you sure? And he said, you didn't, didn't even want to sign out there. He just, he, uh, and I said, I, you know, you're not going to get as much money. Uh, it's, and the offer may, it may take a lot longer and he goes, it's all right. And he, he did have a valid reason. He had a dispute going with his neighbor and he owed the neighbor some money and he didn't want the neighbor to know he was selling and getting out of Dodge. Well, the end result is I did find a buyer for it. It took longer, did not get as much money as I was telling him I thought it was worth, and it was almost equal to the amount that he owed his neighbor. <laughs> so he, he didn't come out dollars ahead on that scenario no, at all. No, no. And I didn't really like doing that. I mean, I, I felt like I was trying to sell a secret, it, and that's contrary to what we normally do. Well, in these days, with uh, since, since the log cabin days that you were involved in, there are disclosures, written disclosures that the seller must make, and he would have had to disclose that if it were in current times um, as a uh, as a material fact on his property. You know, that's a good point. This was pre. Uh, it was a long time ago. Well, yeah. it used to be let the buyer beware, laissez faire. That was the uh, that was um, that was the when when I first got into real estate. That was the whole attitude about all kinds of business activity and that was in in the early 1970s i'm dating myself now i've been a realtor for 46 years whoa that's longer than me <laughs> yes it is <laughs> <laughs> not by much though <laughs> i i helped the developer build that log cabin that you oh. sold to abe lincoln so there you go 
Anyway, um, and things have changed over time and all to the better for the consumer again. And the realtors were the driving force behind those disclo- making those disclosures to people. So we've come a long way, and it's all, again, I think, been a, a very good thing for the reputation of the realtor and for the protection of the buyer and seller in the marketplace. And I think a really important point to bring out is in the business model that has been going on now since 1908, so that's 112 years, that's a long time for a business model to last. So it must be a good one. It must be serving the clients first and then the realtors. But what's really important there is, you know, our MLS is not just a database. There are other databases out there. It's not just an Excel spreadsheet of available homes. It's also an association of people. Those 4,000 members of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service know one another. I get excited when I get a phone call from a uh, an agent that I've worked with in the past or that I know, and they say, hey, I just showed your listing. It gets me excited because I think, okay, hey, we can we can go to business now. And uh, it, so it's that association of people, too. Absolutely. And um, it's not just the the database it's it's also uh like because like i say anybody can can form a excel spreadsheet on uh, available homes but it's committed sellers those those sellers that are in the fresno multiple listing service have signed on the dotted line um, saying that they want to sell their home for this price and they're willing to pay the realtors this amount of money um it's a commitment whereas if you just go online put your home on a database and then you think tomorrow oh, do i really want to do this you can pull that off well what's that do for the buyer you know maybe the buyer got excited about all those photoshop photos they saw right <laughs> <laughs> by the way we can't do that um that's there, another rule yeah there you go the code of ethics. We're finding a lot of benefits here. But with that, we do have to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Sandy Darling of Guarantee Real Estate is here in the office studio with us and uh welcome thank you for sharing all your experience and your knowledge that you get through the national association of realtors and by working every day in this business here locally my pleasure all right so what do you see for 2020 well i think that 2020 is going to continue to look a lot like 2019 I think I don't see anything to disrupt that uh, pattern. Uh, unfortunately, we're still go- probably going to be working with uh, a shortage of inventory because we're not building homes as fast as we need to. Um, housing, we still have a housing shortage, um, not a, not so much locally as statewide, but um, it impacts us. And so, uh, but the interest rates look like they're going to remain pretty solidly stable. 
um, under uh, uh, between under four percent and probably certainly not more than five at the most through the year. The economy is still solid. Um, we we're in an election year, which is always a little. Um, p- people don't make great big decisions. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything hugely going to happen during an election year. I think it'll just be a stable, steady, solid market. I think the sales activity will be pretty much like 2019, maybe slightly up, maybe slightly up. Um, I don't think it'll be down. Um, If anything, I think it'll remain pretty steady. And um, the national, uh, the the economist, uh, Lawrence Yun, who's the chief economist for the National Association, and Leslie Appleton-Young, who's the chief economist for the California Association, both uh, indicate that uh, that picture for 2020. So here's my take. We're, we're going to do better this year because it's a leap year. We have one extra year, oh, one, one extra one day. day. <laughs> yeah. So if sales are up, it could be because of that one extra day to do it. That's true. All right. So I like what you said about stable rates, uh, interest rates. In your career, what's the highest interest rate you've seen? 20%. Okay. That was, talk about a challenging market. That was it. Yeah. All right. That must have been uh, hard to put a deal together. (laughs) It was challenging. We had a lot of sellers carrying, um, carrying paper during those times. So that's negotiating by finding common ground. Right, and finding solutions to a problem um, mm. for the clients. So that's where cooperation comes in. You just brought out a good point. Um, maybe the seller, in fact, this is how many transactions happened back then when rates were 18 20%, is the sell- buyer would assume the 10% loan that the, the seller already had the seller would carry a, some of their equity, maybe at 12%, which gave them an average rate of 11. So that was solving a problem and finding common ground that the seller was able to sell their home and give the buyer a lower, more affordable interest rate. Yes, and during those that particular time in our history, we didn't have the law that the realtors worked very hard to get onto the books where a seller, an individual seller, can have a, a profit on the on their on the sale of their home of two hundred and fifty thousand, or a couple of five hundred thousand with no without paying any tax on that. At that time, that law wasn't in place, and so for a seller to carry on an installment sale allowed him to spread his taxable gain on the sale of his property as well. So again, another way of another workaround that the realtors came up with during a challenging market. Excellent example of finding common ground. So the seller gives the buyer a lower cost, lower interest rate, and the buyer allows the seller to spread their capital gains out over many years as opposed to paying it all at once. Exactly. So. Hey, not okay. That common ground thing is uh, – of course, you can't get to common ground without communication. Right, and cooperation, again. Uh, yeah. You you can be a good negotiator, but you have to, a good negotiator is going to understand that there's give and take 
in the negotiation to get to that common ground. And both realtors have to be working in cooperation with each other to get there. All right. Excellent point. Um, All right. So you also said um, that there's a shortage of inventory. I see a lot of building going out there, going on out there, but it, it, a lot of it is apartments. Well, and we need that housing too, because again, not everybody's in a position um, to buy a home initially. We have a lot of young folks just coming out of school who are renting uh, while they're settling into their first jobs. Maybe they've got student loans that they've got to pay off, which uh, and that student loan situation has really stymied a lot of the millennials from being able to get into their that first rung of the ladder. Actually, NAR, the, the realtors have been working on trying to find solutions for that problem as well. But in any event, we need all types of housing in our community. So the fact that apartments are being built is okay because people can settle in there while hopefully they save a little money to be for a down payment, and then they can get into their first home. Mm-hmm. That's how I started out, moved out of my parents' home into an apartment. Right. And then, ba- the and then back to the, my parents' home. <laughs> <laughs> Things didn't work out to, so well when I was 19. <laughs> I made a few dumb mistakes. You're not the only one. There are a lot of parents right now who have a 20, 20 something, 20 plus somethings living, back living in their homes. Mm-hmm. So we also have a solid economy. And here's a question for you solid economy brings consumer confidence. Would you rather have consumer confidence or higher or lower interest rates? Well, I don't I don't know that the two don't go hand in hand. The lower interest rates are, are part of this solid economy that we're dealing with, and that the the combination of those two things is what's in what is increasing consumer confidence. Okay, good answer. What would be what what because we're wrap, soon to wrap up the show. By the way, we got a text from one of your friends saying this is an excellent show, lots of information, and that was from John Shamshoyan. Oh, so. how nice! <laughs> um, but what do you want people to listen to the or not listen to? What do you want people to remember the most about today's show? I think that that the most important thing is to understand um, to. to understand the role of the realtor. Um, A realtor, it's like, do you go, when you're doing your taxes and they're even a little bit complicated, do you go to a tax preparer or do you go to a CPA? So it's the same in the real estate industry. Do you go to somebody who just has a license or do you go to a realtor? Because there's the difference. The realtor has more training. The realtor subscribes to a code of ethics and the realtor is a, a, a member of the local, state, and national associations uh, and brings a lot to the table in terms of information and, and assistance for the clients. So I say, you know, honor, uh, not honor, but use a realtor. I mean, understand the value of a realtor. And here's something I really want everybody to remember, too, about the coming soons, because this is the first opportunity we've had to talk about that with the new policy in place. But if somebody does a coming soon, they begin their marketing, let's say, on January the 1st, but they don't 
and they break the rules, break that code of ethics, which should be a little scary to the consumer. But let's say they do that and then they put it on the market February 15th. It's going to go on the market with as 45 days on the market. And we all know how that stigma hurts the seller. Exactly. By, oh my gosh, they've been on the market 45 days. Wonder time what's the, wrong. Right. Time <laughs> on the market is an issue. Now, talking again about cooperation, I want to bring something up before we uh, end our conversation this morning. Uh, I want to congratulate you as our incoming president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. I think that uh, local leadership is so valuable to all of our um, members here in our local association. So I'm really excited to see a great year, and I know that your theme this year is the spirit of cooperation, and I think that's very timely considering not only our conversation today, but also what's coming coming from the National Association of Realtors for the benefit of the public. And here's how my 2020 vision is so accurate. Excuse the pun. But I actually came up with the theme of spirit of cooperation before I knew they were bringing that up at the National Association of Realtors. Are you psychic, Mr. Scordino? No, it's just that I work every day on the market and I know the issues. (laughs) So (laughs) I want to thank you, Sandy, for coming in. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Thank you.